uh, Skullboys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, but thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. I'm yeah, no, it was meat. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting it on his glove. <laughs> Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. Another episode. And uh, I'm really excited about this one. Um, I hope your weekend was pretty good. What did I get up to? I was uh, at the Hunter Valley in the wineries. We got driven up there by my mate, Tarek. Thank you, man. Um, from Top Hat Toys, he took us to the wineries and took us out for a day. And uh, there were some good bands playing, good food, plenty of wine. Then, uh, then we went back home, put on the Mighty West Tigers, the biggest score from the West Tigers in I don't know how many years, but a long time. It was like sixty-six to eighteen. Yes. We're back in the winner's circle. <laughs> uh, if you don't follow rugby league, then you probably have no idea and you don't give a shit uh, about my team, but uh, we're, 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 we haven't been great. We haven't been great for a long time and uh, fingers crossed, we're pulling it together. <laughs> so uh, go boys. Uh, hey, on the show today, this is a pretty special one. This is uh, Brenton from Catholic Guilt. They are an alt-punk band from Melbourne. And uh, as I sit here at my desk, sometimes bands sort of fall in my lap. You know, might get an email, might get this or that. Catholic Guilt is one of those bands. And I sort of clicked a few links and jumped on the Spotify and, and had a listen. And it, Seriously, it took... Half of the first song that I listened to, I just said, bang, got to get these guys on the show. Need to hear what they're doing, what they're up to. Uh, the band is really, really cool. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit now. Yeah, so that's Catholic Guilt. And we've got the singer, Brenton, on the show today. Spoke about the Melbourne weather. Spoke about their cover of At Your Funeral by Saves the Day. One of the best songs of all time. There's no um, no disputing that. You're not allowed to write in and say that, that song sucks. It's just not allowed. <laughs> the band's only been together for like five years, but they've, they've signed to Wiretap Records. They've got two EPs out. They've got another one on the way. And they're releasing great music. They've been played on radio stations in America. They had a tour book for America. They're getting a bit of airplay here on Triple J. So this is a band that's uh, on its way up. And uh, I thought, got to get them on the podcast before they're super famous. But Brenton's, uh, he's a good fella. Talks about their time supporting Switchfoot. Plenty of tour stories on the road. We also talk about in this interview, religion. Yep, I thought I'd put the bell in there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if the bell is religious. I just thought I'd just put it in there. But it's a good chat. We had a great time. Let's get him on. Brenton from the band Catholic Guild. How you going, mate? 
I'm doing pretty good. Just went for a nice walk out in unseasonably sunny Melbourne. That was nice. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to get cold, right? Surely. I believe the terminology for it is fucking freezing. That's more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I love Melbourne. I just don't get down there enough. I, I really love it. It's the music, man. That's where the music is. Exactly it. I mean, to be fair, I've never lived anywhere else, but uh, yes, it's definitely about the music. Hey, I was so I was trolling through my Instagram, and um, I always I always get back to everyone, and I saw um, you know a little message there, and I was like, I needed to check the band out because I'm not that sort of person where I just you know flip it off, whatever. Pulled up Spotify. I had to listen to a few tunes and I was like, I've got to get these guys on. You guys are unreal. Catholic guilt. Haven't been around long. Uh, yeah. I mean, in the current uh, lineup anyway, we haven't been around for very long. I think the grand total of time the bands existed is five years, uh, but it did start out as a two person project that has expanded into a full band during the course of that time. Uh, so as a full band unit, the, the one that's currently playing right now, we actually are only about a year old. So uh, it's uh it's an ever-evolving process. People come in and go out and we have a bit of a core lineup that uh, that doesn't seem to change. Uh, and I'm hoping this one doesn't change for quite some time yet. You've been really busy too. I know you've only been around for five years, but you've released uh, two EPs, which I've listened through. Um, you've got some singles out. You're always releasing music. You're keeping very busy. A lot has happened in five years. A lot has happened, and I mean, especially if you consider the fact that uh, there was a couple of years where we weren't allowed to leave our house, mm. um, which sort of put the brakes on what had been quite a, um, a prolific period for us. Uh, we had, yes, we had one EP come out in, in 2018, our debut in Book Volume 1. Uh, then we had a follow-up, which came out via Californian record label Wiretap, uh, called This Is What Honesty Sounds Like. Um, those two got quite a decent amount of support Um from radio uh, in the local uh, scene, which was which was wonderful, and I think that kind of helped in terms of expanding our uh, fan base and enabling us to play to some quite impressive crowds at the start. What happened to the acoustic guitar? I <laughs> I listened to the first EP, and there's plenty of it in there, and you sort of gradually got rid of it. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Um, I don't think it was a deliberate thing. Like the interesting thing about our band, in a way, is that. When we're writing songs, we never really think about the genre we're writing the song in outside of we sort of try and service the story that we're telling um, when we're writing the songs. So, for example, on that first EP, the stories were really uh, grounded and earthy in their nature um, and they were uh, they came from this um, what was effectively an acoustic project. And as the band started to, um, to expand and the stories we were telling started to change in nature a little bit, um, and those experiences started becoming more outward-looking, more expansive. The sound started to expand as well. So, however, we are talking about introducing the acoustic guitar in one of the songs uh, that we're it's <laughs> recording. It's it's back. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I really get from you guys is uh, quite polished. Sounds good, and the energy. The latest I feel is is my favorite from you guys. It's, uh, <laughs> It's, it's, a, it's a cracker and there's a line in there and I did write it. I want to create and destroy at the same time. Love that line because I think there's a lot of us <laughs> that feel like that. You want to create, but you want to ruin shit. You're not sure. It's that, uh, you know, that unnerving in the middle sort of feeling. Is that is that where that uh, inspiration comes from? 
Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I'll be honest, like I, I walk around kind of in the concept battle with myself, like most human beings. Like we've all, uh, I'm a very intensely analytical person um, and I have a very, very active internal monologue. Um, I was reading the other day that some people don't have an internal monologue and I, I just can't believe that because my brain is a constant is a constant narrative uh, and uh, often of competing thoughts and competing uh, <laughs> concepts. And so uh, for me, I, that song is really just about trying to feel again and trying to find the ability to actually experience emotions um, after a period of uh, not really feeling much at all. For me, the create destroy thing uh, comes down to the concept that uh, I've sort of had a bit of pressure trying to follow up the last uh, release. Everything I was writing just didn't feel like it was hitting the same way. And so I'm trying to create these things, but I'm also just fighting the urge to just throw them away because I don't think they compare as well to what I've done previously or what we've done as a band. That um, internal monologue you're talking about, let's go inside your brain. What's going on? What, what are the things that you're saying to yourself? What are the things that you're telling yourself in the future? Because I have the same. I have an internal monologue, but we're all probably saying this different things to ourselves. Uh, for me, it's it's a competing thing, really, like, the band's name, Catholic Guild, is in some way tied to this because I grew up in a, uh, a Catholic environment, went to Catholic schools, went to Catholic church, and for a very young age that instills in you this sense of being not enough, being unworthy, being um, not being able to live up to this impossible standard that's been set by your apparently all-forgiving saviour. Um, and uh, as a result, like, growing up, my parents are amazing. Like, this is not on them at all. They're incredible human beings. Uh, I come from a very good family background. Um, and But I still had that teaching, like, sitting there saying, like, no matter what you do, it's never enough. Uh, no matter what you are a sinner from birth and nothing you can do about that is ever going to change. Um, so it's sitting there. So for me, the, the monologue is usually uh, questioning whether I'm doing everything that I possibly can. Does it affect your songwriting, having, having that much on the brain? Oh, absolutely. It's interesting because I'm. you've probably heard this from other uh, songwriters too. Um, I don't mind repeating myself. And so having a lot of these uh, themes, like continuously repeating my brain, is quite annoying and quite distracting from my capacity to write songs because I want to write about something new, but then the same issues keep uh, keep bubbling up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So trying to find a way to, to battle that and write about something new or find new ways to address the same issues, I suppose, is the trick. You were talking about Switchfoot. Yeah, you guys played with Switchfoot, which is pretty fucking crazy. Like, they're like, uh, you know, Grammy Award winning band. Uh, it is pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> I wish I knew how to make it happen more regularly. You know, yeah. uh, that's that's the part that I'm uh, I'm trying to work on. I and mean, we do have some cool things in the pipeline that I'm not allowed to talk about right now because they're not our shows, so I don't have the capacity to, um, to spoil the hard work that goes into something like that. But in terms of the Switchfoot experience, that was so... It was a surreal experience for us, for, to be completely honest. Like, I my so, my only real interactivity with that band comes from like media that they've been in. Like, they've had songs on like the OC, and like they had songs like they wrote the 2012 Royal Rumble theme song. <laughs> like, so <laughs> that's a claim but, to fame. Yeah, but like I understood that they were massive in the United States, but I had no capacity to understand what their fan base was like in Australia. So. When we took the support, we were like, well, this would be interesting. One, we're not a Christian band. It sounds like we are, but we're not. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they are very much so. Yeah. Um, and two, will these two sounds work together? But we found that once we got into that big room at Max Watson on that big system, 
when we walked out on stage, we were playing to an entirely full room. That's 850 people because it turns out Christians turn up on time to stuff. Yeah, Sunday morning, for example. Yeah, Yeah. exactly right. So, like, we took a peek around the corner before we went on stage and we're just like, holy shit. Like, there are so many people out there right now and they're being so receptive. Like, we had a crowd at Soundcheck. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's when you know the show's going to be good. When you've got a crowd at Soundcheck, it's not even your gig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, we walked out and it ended up functioning so well. Uh, and then by the end of that set, like, everyone was singing along and dancing and tapping. And, like, honestly, it's the most fun I think I've ever had. Well, you never know who's going to like it. Do you, is it is it kind of funny to think? Because I'm guessing, obviously, nowadays you're probably not as religious as you once were. But all the Christian kids that rocked up to the show loved you. Absolutely. So did they uh, still buy the? <laughs> did they still buy the merch if they put two and two together? <laughs> <laughs> we sold a little bit of merch, not as much yeah. as you'd uh, you'd hope. But we've had some better experiences of that in yeah. other times. Like everyone was just really keen to get like their Switchboard Tour shirt, which is fair. They hadn't been to Australia for like 12 years at that point. So that's a long time to wait for your favourite band to come back. Uh, it kind of did feel like going to church, like, but not one of those mournful churches, one of those like real happy, happy churches. Ah, oh, yeah, like, yeah, the ones where they sing. Yeah, the ones where they <laughs> sing and, and dance and have a good time and it was cool and I absolutely would do again. Oh, that's great. That's good. Hey, I was looking before, you guys covered one of my favourite songs of all time, At Your Funeral. Ah, yes. Uh, Man, that is such a good song. It is seriously in my top five songs of all time, I reckon, when it comes to, especially to the to the genre. It's not an easy one to do. Uh, it wasn't easy. And uh, a lot of the credit for that cover uh, has to go to uh, Dean uh, for his inventive way of repurposing some of the instrumental passages so that it sounded like us but also uh, pay tribute to the song. Yeah, the reason we cover that song is uh, that's very much the ground for uh, the mutual musical meeting point for, for the band is around that era of um, of rock music and uh, of emo, of post-hardcore, of punk, of, of that whole era, that like uh, late 90s, early 2000s uh, sounds. So uh, a lot of our uh, musical taste is quite different now uh, from one another. Uh, but we we really coalesce as a, as a unit around those sounds and around like, both Australian and and um, American. So uh, yeah, you know it's good. You did a really good uh, uh, version of it. So I urge people to check it out. Hey, you've been bringing up America. Uh, we we played on K Rock. Yeah, we were. That's full on. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, and <laughs> I had no idea it was going to happen. And when it happened, I was quite delighted. Uh, wow. Still don't really know the how or the why. I assume it had something to do with our label, who are lovely human beings. So, yeah, uh, the K-Rock thing happened. Uh, we were amazed. It happened more than once. We're even more amazed. We actually don't know if it's ever happened again because I don't really know how to find out. <laughs> yeah, it is hard with radio, isn't it? <laughs> um, like, we know when we get played on Triple J because I get a tweet, you know? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know when we get played on Unearth because we get a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> but... How do you know when you're getting played on radio overseas? But um, you uh, you hope that you know someone who might by chance be listening. Where's the Where's the background? Where's your background begin? It, it is a polished band. It is sounding good. Obviously, you didn't start this five years ago as brand new musos. You know, like obviously you've all found your way here. What is that journey? What were you doing for the last, you know, 10, 15 years? I've been into this shit since I was born. Um, I've not been a musician since I was born, but I've been into punk rock, rock, metal, hardcore, 
post-hardcore, emo, whatever you want to call all of this The music. good stuff. The good stuff. Anything with a guitar, I've more <laughs> or less been into it since I was born because I was born with a brother who was a teenager by the time I was five. I'm growing up in the 90s, surrounded by all of these diverse sounds. So you've got stuff like, so obviously the grunge thing has happened, but then metal is still kicking around. So then you've got the pop punk wave comes on, like stuff like Smash hits it big, Dookie hits it big, two massive records in our household. Then the emo thing's kind of happening at the same time. So you're like Sunny Day Real Estate entering into the conversation and then Jimmy World come along and, and grab hold of me. And then at the same time, you've got stuff like the Triple J, Oz Rock things occurring. So you got like Jedediah. The other day I was listening to someone talking about Jimmy Eat World and obviously the emo stuff was, was happening in the lead up to when they released what was a Bleed American. But as soon as they dropped that, apparently every record label was like, get me bands that sound like that. So it was actually Jimmy Eat World that really spawned that early noughties emo era, but a yeah. lot of the emo bands surpassed Jimmy Eat World, but it was apparently Jimmy Eat World was the, the, the big reason for it. That makes sense to me with the whole punch on themselves and get uh, working with DreamWorks and that, yeah. um, standing on that record. I distinctly remember buying that record from Mitsu Music in Karingal, actually. I'm from Frankston, which is something I'll get into in a moment. I remember my sister and I split our allowances uh, and went down and bought it on the day that it was... Uh, that it was released and went home and listened to pretty much nothing else for about six months. Uh, so for me, the first, getting on to the how I got into the music side of it, um, the very I was always obsessed with music, but I wasn't playing it, right? So I was, I was listening to records constantly. I was using it as my... Um, as sort of my only friend for a while too. Shock horror, musician was a loser. The day that I got cut from my representative basketball team, uh, my dad bought me a drum kit. There you go, the defining moment. And said... Well, this is your other love. Do that. And so I started a band in high school uh, with my mate Sean. Then why I started a pop punk band and I was in like a post-hardcore band. Uh, and so these things sort of uh, all happening through the uh, mid to late 2000s. Started working through some stuff that I'd, I'd been blocked on, like stuff from my childhood and from my uh, other personal experiences uh, growing up. And eventually I... I had the confidence to play one of those songs in front of another member of, or former member of the band now. And he's like, what's that? And I said, oh, it's a song. I don't know what I'm doing with it. It's like, we're recording it. That's what we're doing with it. So he had the vision. He had the vision. And then that was sort of the core construct of, of the idea that has blossomed since. As I've said previously, the sound continues to evolve with uh, the increased input of, uh, of the musicians. Uh, essentially, you can hear all of the music I've been referencing in our music. So you can yeah. hear like that I that I started out listening to like grunge and then, then I started going to pop punk and then we sort of varied into, you know, skating emo. And and then you can also hear that Dean comes from a more prop-leaning background. Uh, so you can hear that in the guitar work. And then you can hear that Ben plays bass in a reggae band. So you can hear that there's elements of, um, of funk and he's from a metal background as well. The, so band, the band is a bitsa. There's just bits and pieces. There's just bits and bits and pieces. And then like Megs, who's the newest addition to the band in terms of the fertile record so far, um, is a country musician with like actual records out that's done, you know, Tamworth and stuff. And so yeah, there's wow. that element coming in as well. And then Con he used to be in a band with Dean uh, and they were like Closure in Moscow uh, called um, called September Falls, they were called. Um, so everyone has been playing music. I guess what I'm getting at is everyone has been playing music for 
a very long time. Uh, and the sound that you get in our band right now is the sound of all of us realizing what the perfect blend of those things would be and those influences would be. And uh, really when we write songs, it everything is in service of the song, which is a level of understanding that you don't get when you're writing your first batch of songs. Like when you first go into a studio when you're younger, you just want everything you possibly can get <laughs> yeah. down, down. Like this is my song, this is how it goes, this is my parts, this is what's going to be. Don't change it. Don't change yeah. anything. <laughs> Don't you dare touch that. Yeah. Right, like, and the only thing I still find myself being like that a little bit with is lyrics um, because for me, like, I've always been a massive fan of lyrics. Yeah, and if you cut, look, you can cut out a guitar part, you can cut out a bit of a drum roll, but when it comes to cutting out words, it fucks the whole story. Yeah, exactly, right? So you got to be careful. you got to find ones that work just as well and service the same story. Hey, the band is sounding great but there is new music on the way, isn't there? There definitely is new music on the way. Um, we are doing some pre-production tonight on what will be a couple more songs that will go on what is intended to be our third EP, which we're hoping to get out by the end of the year. Uh, those songs sound like a continuation of the stories and the sonic elements that you've been hearing across This Is What Honesty Sounds Like and the two singles that we've released, um, Talking Fake and Live for the Rush. Uh, and the intention is very much to continue doing the things that, that we do well while giving us the opportunity to uh, branch out into some different sonic areas too. I definitely don't think it's a time where you just all of a sudden decide to go a completely different direction. I mean, you guys have, <laughs> have crafted this sound and it's each release I'm hearing it, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, it sounds like the last release, but not the same. You know what I mean? It sounds like they, they stick together. They're, you know, there's no point in just all of a sudden bringing out, out that acoustic guitar again. <laughs> Look, it's going to return. I promise it'll return. I think you've told me, uh, you've told me so much. Uh, I, I'm so glad that you've, uh, you know, you've opened up about how the band works. You've, uh, you, you've spoken about how you got into music. Um, you've told me how you used to believe in God and now you don't believe in God. <laughs> You sold your merch to Christian fans. It's all good stuff. <laughs> Thank you so much for jumping on the Street Press podcast this week, uh, Brenton. For the others listening out there, you've got to go and check out Catholic Guilt. Cracking band from Melbourne. Are doing great things. Sounding uh, superb. And they don't mind a bit of saves the day at your funeral, which is all right by me. <laughs> Thanks for jumping on, man. Yeah, lovely guy, Brenton from Catholic Guild. Go check him out. Go and check out that cover of Saves the Days at Your Funeral. Cracking song, and they did a pretty good job of it as well. All right, it's time for this. Yes, this is the part of the show where you can write on and go to the streetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters. Um, you write it, I'll read it. Uh, this week, oh, my good friend, Matthew. Uh, he wrote in about last week after I, uh, I jumped on air. Well, on air. On the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to get my head out of the radio world. But I jumped on the podcast and I was talking about COVID and he said, are you doing all right, bud? I'm just recovering from my second COVID too. This time, rough as fuck. Yep, I'm good. I'm better now. I'm feeling a little more energetic and getting sleep. All of that. But uh, yeah, that second bout of COVID was pretty rough. Um, lost the old smell and taste. It happens. It happens on the big jobs, whatever. I'm on the other side of it. I hate COVID. 
Um, and Maddie, I hope you're doing well. Also, Maddie's in a band called Awake in Motion. Just thought I'd throw this in there, Maddie. I know you're listening. Uh, and they just released their debut song. It's called High that came out on Saturday. It's a bit of like an emotional journey. It sounds a little bit like, and I hate doing this, but it sounds a, you know, a little bit like City in Colour, Dallas Green sort of vibes. You might like it. Awake in Motion, Hive, came out on Saturday. Matt, thanks for writing in. Uh, also, my band, The Ritzy Kids. We are releasing that EP. It's coming out in June, and we are starting to get the mixes this week. Um, a few of the mixes back. And uh, we are so, 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 I can't say it enough. We are so stoked. We're so keen. We can't wait for it to be out in the world. We've got that tension at the moment. We're like, oh, come on, let's just release it. Um, and, and, yeah, that'll be happening next month. But uh, I'll ramble on about that when we've locked in a date. And uh, when we've locked in a date. And don't forget, if you want to support the podcast that supports the artists, four bucks a month is all I want from your pockets. It buys me um, – does it buy me? Well, it can buy me half a beer. It could buy me probably not a coffee even these days. Cost of living is, is through the roof. Four dollars a month if you want to jump on. Uh, you get merch discounts. I'm working on a couple of cool things at the moment. Um, some giveaways. Uh, I might even get some mugs going. I mentioned that in last week's episode. I don't know. Do, do you want a street press podcast mug? I don't know. I'm always just trying to think of things that I can give. Back to the people who are supporting me. Uh, thank you so much for listening this week. Hey, next week, we've got another artist on. We'd love to have your ears here. Have a great week. Until then, ta-da. Sunday.